Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week and a wonderful day. This week's episode, I want to talk about some things that you as an owner can do to improve your relationship with your dog, as well as be on a better path to creating and developing a well-behaved pet, not just a well-trained pet. So what's the difference? Well, a well-trained pet would be a pet who responds very well to the things that are asked of them. But if no one's giving them instruction or direction, they may not be so well-behaved. I would much rather have a well-behaved pet who just knows how to act day in and day out in all situations that they may get into. Now, you don't have to have one or the other. You can have both. You can have a well-behaved pet who doesn't really have to be told what to do. They just know how to be. And you can have a well-trained pet who will respond and listen to your commands. But we want to make sure that either one, you've got to develop a good relationship. And you want to give the dog everything it needs in order to develop into what you're looking for. But there are definitely some things that you can do as an owner that will enhance the relationship and increase the chances of having a well-behaved pet. Because we know you're not a dog trainer. You... You didn't get a dog to be a dog trainer. If you want to do that, well, then maybe you would be coming to see me about a job. But uh, it doesn't necessarily take a dog trainer to teach a well-behaved pet. So the first thing that you need to learn as an owner of a dog is to start looking for the things that you want to see. When you can train your brain to look for good behavior, then the bad behavior 
is very few and far between. When you're looking for good behavior, uh, then you are putting it out there that you expect good things and you're going to be aware of those good things and you're going to acknowledge those good things. So capturing behavior that you like is very important. And capturing takes place all the time. Capturing is basically letting the dog know that whatever behavior they're doing, you like. And that capturing could look like giving the dog attention, petting on the dog, throwing a ball, giving a treat, giving food, allowing them on the furniture, loading them up in the car, letting them out of the car. There are all kinds of opportunities that you can capture good behavior. For example, if I want my dog to have some calmness when I'm putting the leash on, I would like to have controlled excitement, then I will stand with the leash in hand and wait for the dog to give me a behavior that I really like. And that could be as something as simple as four on the floor and just basically dancing around excited for the leash. But if the dog's not jumping and I'm able to clip the leash to the collar, then I'm okay with that behavior. So if the dog is giving me that behavior and I reach down to clip the collar, I am capturing the behavior of controlled excitement. If I go to hook the collar and leash together while the dog is jumping, then I'm capturing the jumping and I'm letting that work. So you really gotta retrain your brain to realize that every time you interact with your dog, you're capturing a behavior. And it's going to take kind of a photo into the dog's mind. And there are some behaviors that you're gonna have to capture many times for the dog to understand exactly what they're doing to earn whatever it is that you're giving them. But if you do it consistently, the dog will start to learn that behavior A, B, and C really gets some good things from you. And so that is something they'll start doing on a regular basis. Majority of the things that we want our dogs to do to be well-behaved pets, they already do. They already know how to sit. They, they know how to lay down. They can walk just fine by themselves. They know how to stay because they do that regularly when they're chewing on a bone or chewing on a toy or just resting looking out the window. That's a stay. They know how to come to you because they do that on a regular basis. So we don't teach the dogs to do these things. What we want to do is capture them enough so that when uh, we do decide to put the command with things, then we can guarantee that we're going to get the behavior because we've captured it enough and we can start to condition the marker that we want to go with that. So we want to condition that verbal cue. So sit means butt on floor. So every time I see the butt going to the floor, I can say sit, good sit, and the dog's going to learn that that word is what goes along with that specific behavior. So capturing is one of the most important things. If you, if you only pick a couple of things that you can possibly do, capturing behavior is number one. And it's something that you need to do on a regular basis, not just during training sessions, not just at a class, but on a regular basis, 24-7. Every time you interact with the dog, you're capturing something. So be very careful that you're not capturing behavior you don't want. Another thing that you can do um, is to stop screaming and yelling and using firm tones or aversive techniques with your dog. Anytime that we are using something that can be physically or emotionally damaging, it can truly affect the dog in a way that you'll never get a well-behaved pet. And you don't want your well-behaved pet to be well-behaved because they're afraid of the wrath of their owner. That's no way to live. And so if you can start capturing good behavior and start seeing all the good things your dog does, then more than likely you're, you're not going to be focused too much on the negative. So you don't want to be 
inconsistent to where sometimes you're happy-go-lucky and other times you're screaming at the dog for doing something that was fine the day before. So you have to find that consistency. And again, looking for what you want, not expecting the wrong behavior just so you can correct it. You can spend a lot of times going in circles uh, trying to correct all the wrong behaviors that you're looking for. It's much easier just to go straight to communication of what you want with your dog and they would appreciate it. And if you could imagine starting a new job and in this job they showed you all the wrong ways to do something, you would probably want to quit before they ever even got to the part to show you how to do the right thing. Or they could just assume that after showing you all the wrong ways, you'll magically learn the right way. And that's not fair to anybody. I mean, it's definitely not fair to your dog. So start capturing good behavior. Don't scream, yell, use firm tones or aversive techniques with your dog if they're doing something you don't want. You will either ignore it or interrupt it. And for more information on that, we have an episode on um, using the positive reinforcements and how to interrupt and ignore behavior. Uh, but it does not include correction or discipline. The other thing that you want to really think about is dogs find many things rewarding. There are many things in the atmosphere, in the environment uh, that are rewarding. You know, the smell of a rabbit that's coming from a quarter of a mile away the smell of, of meat on a grill, I mean, that gets us all. The smell on the ground of that squirrel that just passed through, or the cat that just came over from the neighbors, or the kids that are playing on bicycles. There are a lot of distractions. You would call distractions. The other dog, your dog may just see it as rewards, as, ooh, these are fun things. I love to sniff. I love to go see kids. They're fun. I love to chase that bicycle, whatever the case may be. So what you want to make sure you do is understand what is reinforcing to your dog and understand what is reinforcing to your dog in the moment, in the environment, in the situation. Um, a treat that you use, say you use cheese for a reward in the house for sitting in the kitchen and your dog loves cheese and as soon as he hears the fridge open or the wrapper, he comes running from anywhere in the house or even from outside in the backyard, he comes running for that cheese. Well, that's fantastic, but if you try to take that cheese and use it as a reward when you get out to the park where there are squirrels and rabbits and other dogs and people and kids, then that cheese is not going to be so powerful. So you really need to understand what's really rewarding to your dog and use that to your advantage and make sure that you go out into places or you know, if you're doing training, whatever it is that you're doing with your dog, that you go with the right kind of reinforcement. Now, that reinforcement could be a ball. Maybe the dog loves to chase the ball at the creek, and they would much rather have the ball than pieces of bacon. So that's fine. So you hold that ball and use that to train the dog to come when called or how to stay close by and you use the ball as a reward. But you just have to find what the dog really likes, and every dog is gonna be different. And you just have to sometimes play around with it, especially if you have a young dog. Just play around and see what they like. Now, the other thing with that is not only understanding the rewards, but you need to make sure that you are the most rewarding thing in the dog's life. This can be a challenge if you're at the dog park. This could be a challenge if you're at the park where there are squirrels and rabbits. So you need to make sure that you're prepared with that reward and not take anything for granted. And don't be stingy on your rewards. You need to reward on a regular basis. 
especially in a new environment and a new situation, to help the dog understand that just because it's a change of uh, conditions, that the expectations are the same and that they can expect the same thing from you. So don't try to you know, get your dog so well behaved in the house and expect it to transfer at the park. And if you've not done any training at the park, then you're not gonna have a whole lot of luck getting the dog to pay attention to you. So you've gotta make sure you're rewarding. The best example for this is, and I see this a lot, is people will allow their dog to be petted by someone else. And while that stranger is petting and loving all over your dog, or excuse me, their dog, they're just ignoring it. They're ignoring their dog. They may be talking to the people. They may not be talking to the people at all. And so what the dog is learning is that, wow, this stranger is so much more rewarding than mom. I'm going to see if other strangers are more rewarding than mom. So you've got to make sure that even if your dog is being loved on by a stranger, you're still rewarding. You're still telling your dog how much you appreciate that they are not jumping on them, that they're being sweet, they're not trying to jump up to give kisses, that they're just overall being good puppies. And you can use verbal just to say good puppy, or you can use some treats with that. And a lot of times I like to use the treats, especially with a young dog, because if I'm treating the dog while being petted, they're automatically going to turn their head towards me to get the treats, giving their butt to the stranger, which means that if the butt is towards the stranger, the chance of jumping on that stranger um, is very, very, very small. So it's, it's a way to reward the dog for being good with a stranger and at the same time um, setting them up for success and not putting it on the stranger to do the right behavior. So those are a few things that you can start doing already just to make a difference in your dog's life and in the relationship of creating this great relationship with a well-behaved pet who knows what the expectations are. And I would say the last thing that I really want to help you understand, and, and this is a hard thing for a lot of people, is you do need to learn how to set your dog up for success. And sometimes that means managing your dog. Uh, for example, if I have a dog who gets into the trash every time I go to work and I leave the dog out every time I go to work and so every time I come home there's trash in the floor, well, I'm basically setting the dog up for failure. Uh, the dog is having a great time. The dog is earning lots of rewards. He doesn't know that it's wrong. So if I want to set my dog up for success, I have to make the right decisions. And that decision would be I'm going to put the trash up or I'm going to put the dog in a crate or isolate it to a specific room while I'm at work. So I'm going to set the dog up for success by managing the situation. Same thing if you have a dog who um, is leash reactive towards other dogs. If I want to go on a nice walk and I don't want to have to work with my dog on leash reactivity, then I'm going to walk somewhere where there's a very low chance of me running into any other dogs. That's management. If I want to work on it, then I'll find somewhere where I can have a controlled environment and work on my dog's behavior with leash reactivity. So now management isn't something that you want to always do because you do want to teach, but management can come in handy to help your dog be successful in life, as well as help you prepare yourself for the things that you need to do to help your dog overcome whatever issue he may be having. So to reiterate, you want to capture behavior on a regular basis. This is 24-7. Every time your dog is doing something that you don't mind, acknowledge them. If they're looking out the door and they're being good and not barking, you need to tell them how amazing they are. 
You want to make sure that you understand reinforcement and what is reinforcing to your dog. Not, what, not what's reinforcing to your best friend's dog, not what's reinforcing to the neighbor's dog, but what is reinforcing to your dog. Not what's reinforcing to dog that's eight years old, but the young dog. So don't try to compare. You need to find out what's rewarding for that specific dog. You also don't want to be stingy with your rewards. You need to make sure that the dog understands that good things come from you on a regular basis. That that might be going to sniff a special area, getting to go play with another dog, maybe getting to get into the creek. You are controlling all that. And that makes you very important because you're very rewarding. And if you can do that, the dog is going to keep his eye on you because if he has to guess, well, is going over here to this person going to be rewarding or should I just stick with what I know, which is sticking with my human, which is basically always rewarding. And when you do that, the dog will start to pay more attention to you. Now, I'm not talking about bribing the dog. I never force a dog to pay attention to me. Okay, if the dog doesn't want to pay attention to me, then I'm doing something wrong. It starts with me. If the dog doesn't want to pay attention, then I'm not rewarding enough and that there are distractions that are more rewarding than me. And truly, that's what distractions are, things that are more rewarding than you. So you'll want to make sure you definitely want to work around distractions, but you always want to be rewarding. Don't take anything for granted. And lastly, sometimes you have to manage the situation. If your dog gets into the trash, when you go to work, put the trash away or put the dog up. Don't walk out the door and then come home and get all mad at the dog because you didn't take the role of that leadership and set your dog up for success and put the trash away. Your dog is not magically one day going to say, oh, I'm going to stop getting into the trash because it really ticks mom off. So when every time she comes home, she's so mad. Because all the dog is learning at that point is when you come home, sometimes you're in a bad mood and you yell at the dog. And you yell at the dog, it just so happens it trashes on the floor. But in the dog's mind, it has nothing to do with the trash. It has to do with when you come home. You do that enough, your dog is, start, is going to start slinking around when you come home. The dog doesn't slink around because he knows he did something wrong. All he knows is that you're in a bad mood when you come home, and he usually gets yelled at. So when you come home, he's going to try to stay out of your way. So you see that it's all about you setting your dog up for success, making sure you set the expectations very clearly, look for the behavior that you want, be very rewarding, and manage those situations that you need to. And if you do that and you just create those good habits, then you can start teaching your dog without having to be a dog trainer, without having to, you know, work with dogs for years. It's about just understanding some simple concepts of changing your behavior in order to create the well-behaved pet that you want. So I hope this helps you out a little bit today, gives you some ideas on what you can change as an owner to help your dog. Um, and of course, if you need more information on training because you would like some help, then reach out to us. We can come in and help you with the, with the training and help you change your behavior so that you can get the dog that you want. And obviously, if you have some behavior problems with your dog, we don't encourage that you try to fix those behavior problems on your own. Uh, let us help you with that because behavior problems are not like manners. Uh, manners would be jumping when someone comes home or sitting nicely when asked. Uh, behavior problems, we're talking separation anxiety, fear, uh, fear aggression, phobias, um, any type of anxiety that's out there, leash reactivity, 
you can absolutely reach out to us and we will help you with that. We don't expect you to do that on your own. But as far as just some basic stuff, you can absolutely help your dog learn how to be a well-behaved pet, especially in the home. Um, but we encourage you to take that out so that your dog can learn how to be a well-behaved pet in public and can enjoy more things with you. All right, so um, last thing, I just want to mention we have some new packages that we've put out there. So if you're local and you're a client, uh, we have new packages where Gray will come and pick up your dog and work with your dog either in the neighborhood for some just basic manners or some of our favorite packages is your uh, dog can learn how to be um, a good hiking companion or maybe you're interested in taking your dog to a patio for brunch or for happy hour and you want your dog to learn how to do that with you. Uh, we have packages now that Gray will come and get them and take them to a patio, take them to a brewery, take them hiking. Uh, whatever it is that you're looking for, we have it in our adventures package or our brunch package. So for, for more information on that, just shoot us an email and Brittany can give you all that information. And it is only for clients that we have and not all dogs will um, be able to participate in that. Uh, we will definitely let you know if your dog is not a candidate for that um, or that there may be other things that need to be worked on beforehand. So for example, if you have a dog who's really fearful of noises, we're not going to recommend that you do the brunch package and let Gray take him to patios because that would be very overwhelming. We would first want to work on the fear issues themselves. So just reach out to us. Check out the uh, website dogspeak101.com. Be sure that you like us on Facebook um, and keep up with all of our posts there because that's where the new podcast will come out. Uh, the new episodes will come out as well as any blogs or videos that we are posting. So be sure you check that out and please share this uh, podcast so that we can reach other people and we can help others with their pets. And if you have an idea for an episode, don't hesitate to give us a call or shoot us an email. That's fine too. Info at dogspeak101.com. We would love to work with you. We would love to hear from you. We would like to know that you're enjoying uh, the podcast and, um, and all the episodes. Uh, so wherever you listen, if you have an opportunity to rate us, that would be fantastic because that helps people find us when they search for dog training. Uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you. I really hope that you're having a wonderful week and I hope you have a great rest of the week and enjoy beautiful weather if you have it um, and take care of yourself, work with your dog, become a better person for your dog, or as they say, be the person your dog thinks you are.